0: Chewing. Sure. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. <laughs> to speak might not make you intelligent but we're gonna try to prove otherwise this is the clashing sabers podcast i am one of your hosts brandon and i'm here with my co-host he is the man best known for breaking through the storm wall armed with nothing but a battle droid and a stick of gum it's it's devore devore how did it feel to finally make it through the storm wall after all that time
1: it was a lot of effort you know well, we lost a lot of lives along the way but it felt pretty good
0: not as many lives as Starlight, though. No. <laughs> so I finally got to listen to y'all's review of um, of Eye of Darkness that you guys had on you and Drew had on the last yeah. episode, holding Fort Down. So that was a lot of fun. Lindsay and I are recording um, this upcoming week, so more Eye of Darkness content coming out. But I will say, yeah, uh, it's good to be back in the High Republic. Like it sure is. I think. You know, I, I had Phase Two, um, and while Phase Two was happening, I was rereading Phase One simultaneously, and I, I said multiple times that I think it gave me a better appreciation for Phase One, and so it just mm-hmm. felt really good to be back with these characters, to be back, uh, just able to spend time with our our main core, um, and and and. It's always fun when you get, like, Star Wars, that is, uh, you know, time has passed, and you're like, I, yeah. I know what's happening, but I also don't. Like, there was a lot that was unexpected, because I hadn't read um, any of the the comics or anything that had come out, so I was really going in, other than Tales of Light and Life, with a blank slate, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's a real good book. So, definitely make sure you go check it out. Uh, George Mann just hits on all cylinders, but... DeVore, other than The High Republic, we have made it to December in what has been, for me, one of the longest years I can possibly remember. Um, it's been a long one, yes. It, it Yeah, t- like, some years you're like, wow, man, this year went by really fast. 2023 would not end for me. Like, I am no. so ready for it to be over, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to want to end, but... Despite all of that, we have gotten a, a lot of great Star Wars content, and so tonight we're going to do a little bit of a Star Wars status update and look at where we are and where we are going as we look forward to 2022. On our next episode, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things uh, in 2023. So this is going to be kind of an episode of where do things stand with Star Wars, and uh, you and, and Drew did a whole Star Warsing thing on the last episode. So I don't want to ask you particularly what you've been Star Warsing because people can go back and listen to that. But I am kind of wondering what do you think you've Star Warsed the most or what do you think you've Star Warsed the hardest in 2023? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Uh, what have I Star Warsed the most and the hardest? I think I'm going to say probably because uh, I played it once this year and then did a replays. I'm probably going to say Jedi survivor. Hmm. I-, I think that's probably the piece of star Wars content that I've spent the most time with this year, just because again, it's a game. So you naturally spend many hours with it.
0: How much, uh, how much time do you think you spent getting through? Like just guesstimate one round. How many hours do you think you spent on it? <sighs> what was i think i saw the number on at least
1: the original play and i think it was maybe it was a big number it was like 50 60 hours that's wild
0: like yeah. especially when you think about uh, how much time we have with like our original uh, original trilogy characters you know like we mm-hmm. don't have anywhere near 50 to 60 hours of content with them and you do with these video game characters it's kind of wild yeah so uh there's a third one coming out. Have they announced a date for that yet i don't I don't, I don't think so no, okay, so maybe that'll be twenty twenty four but probably probably beyond that. I think oh man, I mean it's always easy for me to say ahsoka um mm-hmm. because it always is Ahsoka. but I think it was probably uh really getting into phase two of of High Republic and spending a lot of time with those books it was really where I spent uh the majority of my time outside of of Ahsoka stuff we obviously did you know the Rebels rewatch and and all of that um and I was playing the Lego Star Wars game and had the Ahsoka uh skin on there so oh, every yeah. time I could I changed you know to Ahsoka running around on Tatooine or running around on yeah, Apple yeah. or whatever it was so uh all of that stuff was a lot of fun but We've got a a lot to talk about um, tonight as we talk about these different things uh, that have happened in 2023, so if you're good with it, I say we jump right into it so we can kind of discuss where we've been this year. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I want to start by just uh, going over what's come out in 2023. Obviously with all the the kids' books and the comics and everything, we're not going to do an extensive of list here. But I did kind of list out the major releases we had in 2023. So we had Bad Batch Season 2. We had Mandalorian Season 3. We had uh, Visions Season 2. We had the Jedi Battle Scars book. We had Jedi Survivor. Uh, we had Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, the greatest book ever written in the history of mankind. Uh, I stand by that. Uh, we had Ahsoka come out, of course. We had uh, Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view, which I think you and I are, are in agreement on is the best of mm-hmm. those books. Uh, we had the book that I'm currently reading right now, which is Crimson Climb, uh, which we probably won't be able to talk too much about. And then we had the entirety of High Republic Phase 2, from Battle of Jeddah to Cataclysm, uh, Quest for Planet X, Convergence, Path of Deceit, Path of Vengeance, all of those books came out. And we got the start of High Republic Phase Three with Tales of Light and Life and Eye of Darkness. So, all of that stuff came out this year. Uh, a ton of releases. It's crazy. Like when I was going through this list on Wikipedia, I was like, "Wait, Bad Batch season two came out this year? You like, did it feels like a v- like beyond a distant memory?" Um, and and and. I, I loved it. You know, we talked about it many times on the show you and I. And so, mm-hmm. it's just crazy that we've we've had so much this year. So, thinking about all of that stuff, if you had to summarize like a status update for Star Wars as we come to a conclusion in 2023, what would your Star Wars status update be? Yeah, that's a good question. I was thinking about it because
1: I don't know. This has been a weird year in the sense of, you know, as you just listed off, there's been a ton of stuff that has come out, whether it, what's been happening in the books, with the TV shows and whatnot. And yet it and yeah, it, it doesn't it's it's hard to figure out like what's the defining thing. I mean, the close of that again in terms of like what a what is, you know, the status of Star Wars in 2023, it does kind of feel like and again it's kinda of hard to put the pulse on exactly you know why i'm getting this feeling it does kind of feel like there's sort of a transition moment or we're at a kind of turning point and again I, I i don't know exactly how to to quantify that i don't know if it's a combination of like for example we're now in you know you just talked about eye of darkness we're in the start of the final phase of the high republic we've recently you know in in the comics arena of things we've just recently gotten word of you know there's a couple prominent runs that are going to be finishing up in 24 i think specifically uh war of the bounty hunters and at least the second run of dr afra and so and now even with you know something like Ahsoka, like that show, you know, starting to open up this kind of frontier in terms of where that whole constellation of stories is going. It, it does feel like we, we are going into a, a kind of different, like a new direction with Star Wars or like we're kind of at a turning point in terms of like what we're going to get in 24. But yeah, that's just kind of the vibe that I I, I have. I felt coming towards the end of this year like it feels like certain things are ending and that certain beginnings are on the horizon or like certain new stages are on the horizon
0: yeah so uh, our status update is pretty much the same Um, okay i called this the year of the build-up because Hmm. we have the the build-up to the conclusion of bad batch uh so season three will be the conclusion of that we have uh, the building up of the conclusion of the High Republic, which won't happen till 2025, but we've really kicked off that final phase there. Uh, we have the building of the conclusion of the Mandoverse story, which we don't have a definitive end of when that's going to happen. But like you said, you know, Ahsoka kind of uh, set in motion what we think is going to be uh, part of that conclusion with... I think it's either going to be Thrawn or Mortis. I don't think both of them together are going to be um, what that movie contains. But again, we'll have to see what that all looks like. Um, We are building to the conclusion of the Jedi series of video games uh, with Jedi Survivor coming out. And then even concluding the From a Certain Point of View series for at least for the original trilogy with uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, So all of these things kind of... uh, they're not ending yet, but they are, are rounding into form to get ready for their eventual conclusions. And, you know, like I said, some of those are, are a couple years down the road, but in like, it, it's weird to me to say, like 2025 is not that far away, but 2025 is not that far away. Like when we think about the amount of time, let's say for the High Republic, it takes to, you know, read a book, You know, we discuss the books on here. We, you know, uh, get another book. We read – like, there's no – there's not really a break in content anymore. So it does feel like if, if you know, your personal life is okay and you're not uh, stressed over there, like, your Star Wars life goes by super quickly. And so, um, you know, I I think this year is – it, it's kind of like the roller coaster. You're, you're starting to go up. You know, you've you've gone. You've gone through some twists and turns, and now we're really about to hit that big drop. Of really, I think what's going to be a new frontier, um, which is kind of ironic considering that we're going to get the end of the High Republic. That's going to lead to that, but we don't know what happens at the end of all of this stuff. Not just at the end of these stories, but what happens with the books once High Republic's done? Do we just go back to? regular one off publications or is there another initiative in the works? Uh we don't know what happens when the Mandoverse comes to its conclusion. Like, what does that look like for the future of Star Wars television? And even even if, if we go over to animation, you know, like, what comes after Bad Batch? Like I, I don't think Star Wars animation is gonna be done with Bad Batch. Like I don't feel like that's its swan song, but we we don't have i i I don't foresee another ahsoka you know animated series coming out so what do we do with star wars animation if it's not that so we're building up to what i think is going to be a lot of change uh coming in the future and it's it's interesting and kind of nerve-wracking to consider honestly
1: yeah i agree because i think yeah, I mean, you bring up a lot of points, things that even I hadn't really thought of, like, you when you were just talking about the Bad Batch and what comes after for Star Wars animation, because, like, presumably the end of the Bad Batch, like, that's really going to be closing out a particular era that has really defined, you know, the course of Star Wars animation, which is the Clone Wars and everything that has kind of come out of that. So it is inter- it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And then, you know, a few episodes back... I had talked about <clears throat> or we talked a little bit about the acolyte and I guess I mean there's still a lot of questions about what the 2024 calendar is going to look like and we, you know probably we'll talk about that towards the end of this episode but I'll just sort of reiterate what I said in that few episodes past about how I think the acolyte is going to be a potential defining moment for Star Wars TV in terms of like how comfortable they are willing to break out of the skywalker saga mode so yeah i think there is a lot of the way that you put it is really good in terms of like the year of the build-up and yeah i think it really remains to be seen you know we have some notions of where we're going next but then there's also there is also a lot of unknown out there
0: yeah i mean we of course with with bad batch we have uh you know, rebels that happens chronologically after it, but you're right. Like, it's it's not very likely we get more Clone Wars related stories going forward. Like, I don't, I don't really know what else there is to tell. You know, like other than mm-hmm. oh, we're gonna resurface some more clones that maybe survived and fought in the the rebellion or something. It's like, well, we we did that already. So, I don't think the animation department is going to just continue doing the same thing. Like, uh. I know they've they've done it for a little while, you know, um, but I think we're going to start going back towards things like rebels, which were something new that they hadn't done before, and yes, they ended up attaching it to the Clone Wars, but that telling a single narrative story you know uh, across seasons was something new, and then of course, they did that in bad batch, so I think that they they could even push things in a new direction, maybe we get a a combo thing that is similar to clone wars in that it has multiple arcs, but maybe it's, uh, you know, each season follows one group of people across this journey or something like that. I think that could be really cool. Um, we know we're still going to get like shorts, like, uh, you know, tales of the Jedi and stuff like that, but we don't even know the direction that that's going to go. Like, is it going to be the same thing where you have two parallel Jedi stories that they're telling or, or, Are they going to go, this season's all about the High Republic, or this season we have six different episodes about six different Jedi, or this one's all about Yoda. Like, we literally have no idea what is coming in any of those shows. It could just be Tales of the Jedi is always about Ahsoka and Dooku. Like, we we have nothing other than that season two is going to happen. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. As an animation person, like, how does that make you feel when i say like that there we don't have a lot of direction about where that's going is that something that excites you about the you know what the future could hold or does that give you some kind of trepidation of uh, maybe they don't have a plan which we've seen can can hurt star wars um in the modern era there's a certain amount of trepidation i
1: think uh where a big part of the trepidation comes is rooted in the trajectory that particularly Dave Filoni's career has been taking, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, he of course was, has been for the longest time, kind of the stalwart champion of animation within Lucasfilm, because of course, you know, that's where he got his start in terms of coming in with the Clone Wars and then doing Rebels and whatnot. And, you know, now that, I mean, his career kind of branched into live action with The Mandalorian at first, working alongside John Favreau. Now, you know, he, he spearheaded his own show with Ahsoka. He's now getting his own live action movie. And so now in terms of, you know where his career is going and now you know uh, just a few weeks back at the time this recording there was the reporting of him being kind of elevated to this new i forget the exact like the chief creative officer was that the title cco yeah yeah Yeah, within lucasfilm and so now the question is sort of like you know it's one of those situations where it could go multiple directions like if he's now kind of in this empowered state like maybe that puts him in a position where maybe he can steer more resources and focus onto telling more animated stories but then another potential direction is that given where his own career is evolving in terms of storytelling maybe that steers him kind of he continues further into the live action route and then it's like who's gonna is there somebody there to kind of pick up that torch for animation and i don't know if that's necessarily the case. So yeah, I think, I think there's a, there's a little bit of trepidation in terms of, I really want that because I think, as you mentioned, like I love star Wars animation. I think some of the strongest storytelling in the last couple of years, it really, even in the Disney era has been in the animated shows. And so I really don't want them to drop the
0: ball on that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's arguable that the animation is the best star Wars storytelling. Like there, yeah. I don't know if, you know, it's it's definitely not an objective thing, but there is definitely an argument to be made that that is is the best Star Wars storytelling, uh Rebels in particular, you know. Um so yeah, it's interesting. I think I think the Filoni uh promotion falls within that year of the build-up uh idea because mm-hmm. this is, you know, building him up to to take Star Wars in this new direction that it's going. Like like I said, it's it's we're kind of getting to this precipice where these initiatives that we have are starting to talk about their conclusion. And so we know Filoni is going to be a part of that. He was always going to be a part of that. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, like you said, where does he find that balance? But not just in animation and uh, live action, but, you know movies versus uh tv shows and and does he have a say in when these things come out you know and and how you balance star wars content because i think that's important you know i think it's uh, what was it that came out was it tales of the jedi and visions that came out at the same time this year on may the fourth oh shoot no i think it was
1: visions came out may 4th Tales was last fall, I think.
0: There was, uh, but we did have that. We we, we had that Mando Bad Batch overlap. You might maybe be thinking that of was that. it. Maybe that was it. There was a day when Tales of the Jedi dropped and something else dropped also. Maybe it was uh, Andor. Yeah, I, I think it was Andor. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about Andor. Um. Uh. But the yeah, that overlap there was was crazy and. I think that that hurt uh, the reception of Tales of the Jedi some and like the conversation Mm -hmm. and space it had to breathe. Like, I think it was well received by like every human except for Drew. And (laughs) yet, I don't feel like it got its time, you know, to shine kind of thing. And as much as I love, yes, give me all the Star Wars content, like I want to watch it all, there is something to be said about letting these things breathe. And I think that's something these companies have learned of late. I think they got a little overzealous after COVID of like, oh, we can make content again. Let's make all of it. People are hungry for this. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we yeah. are, but you can't just stuff our face all the time. Like we have to have time to digest these things. And so will Filoni play a role in when these things come out? Or is that com- you know completely a, a, a board of directors or a Kathleen Kennedy call? We don't know. Like, we don't know what his role is really going to entail and how different it's going to make his job. Like, it is it going to do really do anything other than give him a raise and a new title? Like, it could be he does the exact same thing. We really don't right. know. And so, as much as I trust Dave Filoni, as much as I enjoy Dave Filoni's stories, that does worry me a little bit because, on the surface, my my. Notion would be that this position gives him the the George Lucas position where the buck stops with him. And I think that that is when Star Wars is at its best, is when there is multiple people playing in the sandbox, you know, that they always talk about, but that there is a line where, no, this stops with me in terms of the story, and this is Star Wars or this isn't Star Wars, and... I would like Filoni to be that person right now and start to create a lineage of training apprentices in the way that George Lucas did so that we continually have this legacy passed down from George Lucas in terms of like what he did with Dave Filoni.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he could very well be in a position to do that. And I mean, like in terms of yeah. In, in terms of, you know, again, to your point, like assuming that this role, you know, has some kind of substantive change in terms of like what his day to day looks like, as opposed to like just being a new title. Like, you know, we talk about Dave Filoni as the kind of protege of George Lucas. And I think I think that applies in ways more than one in the sense of like, I think George was at his strongest when like he, of course, you know. Had the vision of Star Wars, like understood the stories and the themes and like the what it's about and the lore and all of that. But then he also had people around him who could like help him with the, you know, with the nitty gritties. He had, you know, your Lawrence Kasdan's and things like that. And I think Filoni, I think, works in similar fashion. I think, you know, him being in this position where maybe he has kind of like a 30,000 foot view on Star Wars stories and the trajectory. I think that is a really good place for him to be at. And then you have kind of a cadre of other folks who are involved in like actually kind of executing and like being in the room and like doing all of that work.
0: Yeah. Cause I kind of get the feeling that's what he's done with Favreau. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about how Favreau has kind of trained him in the live action world. And that's a hundred percent true. But also, I think that Dave has done a good job of helping Favreau to understand how Star Wars is executed, and even the other, you know, creators uh, within uh, the Mandoverse, you know, and that's not to say that people come in and they don't know what Star Wars is. I don't want to, you know, disrespect the Bryce Dallas Howards and the Rick UAs and the Taika Waititi's and everybody that's come in and done great work. I'm not saying this all falls at the feet of Dave Filoni, but it is good knowing that there is somebody there who is able to say, okay, here's how you do things. And here's how we can, this thing can apply to star Wars. You know, it's, it's, it, it's kind of the Saw Gerrera thing, uh, with rogue one. We're like, Oh, we need to create this character. There's somebody there that can say this character already exists. Let's just do that. Yeah, And right. the, I don't really care about the small galaxy, uh, kind of, philosophy of things like I just want good stories if you're telling me good stories with the same characters that's fine like that's been storytelling uh, that is storytelling in the modern era like it's it's Star Wars is serialized in, in the same way Flash Gordon was but also very similar to how comics are you know like these characters are going on adventures every single freaking day this is not the, our real life so I'm okay with that um, but I also think that Filoni is able to take, not necessarily just like the the weird ideas, uh, you know, with regards to the weird force stuff, but just people's creative ideas, and he's able to set them up for success in a way that I think uh, George Lucas was able to do um, very similarly. You know, like um, who was it that wrote the the Night Sister stuff in? Um, Clone Wars wasn't it George Lucas's daughter that wrote those? Yes, yes, I'm I'm blanking on her name, but I'm pretty sure it was George Lucas's daughter. Uh, people are yelling at their their headphones right now, but uh, you know, like that's a crazy thing to invent, and you know, feloni being the showrunner there is guiding you know that direction. And Night Sisters are something that already existed existed before, but they didn't exist in that way, kind of thing. So. I think he has the ability to do that. I think that's something that George recognized in him. Like, it's not just, can you tell a good story? Because while there are many more people that cannot tell a good story, there's plenty of people that can tell a good story. I think what George Lucas did and and what his strength uh, and, and what he really cared about was enabling future storytellers to be able to push the medium forward, to tell new and creative stories. And so I hope... You know we're under this disney corporation banner i love disney like i'm not gonna lie so i'm okay with that but i do hope that there is not a putting dave Filoni in a box situation that happens let him let him cook you know like let him right. do what they did with avatar let him you know yes ahsoka um you know it's his go-to character that's understandable like luke skywalker would have been you know anakin skywalker sorry was george lucas's like he could have told a different story in the prequels and just gone off in in some other area of the world but like he didn't like so that's just storytellers they have their their go-to characters but i also think that you know, Dave has a, a set of skills that continues on what George Lucas began. And so if he's allowed to do that, I think we're, we're looking at a good future. Yeah, I agree. So for you, like, I don't want to ask you what your like standout thing for 2023 star Wars was. Cause we're going to get into that a little bit more when we, we rate things uh, on the next episode, but like, Do you have a standout Star Wars moment that you're going to remember from 2023 of like, this changed the game for me? Or this is going to be an experience that I look back on and go like, yeah, I remember where I was when that happened.
1: (sighs) Okay, I'm going to try to pick an example, an answer that isn't something that we're going to talk about on the next episode, because there's definitely been those moments. I'm trying to think. Do you have one
0: immediately off the top of your head? I do, uh, and it's Inquisitor: Rise of the Red Blade. Um, like, okay, I can't really not spoil that. I have not showed up about the book since it came out, but I mean, God bless, like that book. Like I just remember laying in bed reading, going, "This is the like best thing that I've ever read." Like it was is so crystal clear to me. Uh, and so I think that's going to be one of those things. It, the last time I can remember something like that happening was with Inferno Squad when I closed Inferno Squad after I finished it. And I go, this is the first book I ever wanted to open and reread right away again. And yeah. it, was a, it, it wasn't a, it was the end of Inquisitor that got me. Like I, it, it was about a third of the way in when I just go, this is the most compelling thing that I've ever seen put to paper, uh, period. And... So for me, that was a a huge moment of just knowing it's about the book, but more it was about God, like I thought Star Wars books had peaked. Um, I thought like I had my, these are my, these are going to be my gospels, you know, Master and Apprentice, Inferno Squad, those things that I talk about all the time Um, because I've loved the High Republic, but. I've made very clear like I love the initiative, the characters, like I love the whole experience, the community that it's built, getting to talk with people about it. But they're not my favorite Star Wars books. Like that I have other ones that are are far above it. And so in the midst of getting all this focus on High Republic to get this other one-shot book to come out uh, was just – yeah, it was a a huge moment not just for that book but to say – yes Star Wars can still peak and if it can do it here it can do it again and that gets me excited to continue reading on even the High Republic but you know as we start to look towards the future of Star Wars books and going like yeah like it has peaked for me personally but that doesn't mean it's the peak like the peaks can continue to rise so that was exciting for me
1: all right. I think I came up with mine. I, I've, I've got I've got one, at least that's not going to be something that will show up on the next episode. But actually, you know, going off of what we were just talking about with Star Wars animation, I think one of the big defining moments of 2023 and then this is going to stick with me was really that back half of Bad Batch. Like that run of, I don't remember exactly how many. I think it was right around, I think it started with Metamorphosis, that that Zillow Beast episode. Mm. And then onwards, however many episodes that was, was just, it was such a strong run, not just of animated episodes, but just of like any Star Wars show. Like the storytelling, the visuals, the performances, it was just all running on full cylinders and yeah, it was, it it was, it was incredible. And, you know, back to what we were talking about, I think a lot of that unfortunately did to some degree get overshadowed by the overlapping with Mando season three, which is unfortunate Mm -hmm. because I think like if it just, if it had had that, you know, as you said, that, that room to breathe to be by itself, like, I think it would have been one of those, Truly, kind of magical moments of Star Wars
0: storytelling. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it got so overshadowed by Mandoverse that I feel like there are are very few of us, you know, out there on the internet. You and I are are part of them that sing the praises of Bad Batch and and how great the storytelling has been. There's there's people that watch it and stuff, you know, but I I don't think it's. made the impact it, it could if it was put more in in the spotlight. I I got to go back and revisit that, but I really am waiting for, like, the announcement of season three's release so I can kind of balance my rewatch. Because, like, I want to rewatch it now, but I don't want to rewatch it now and then need to rewatch it again in, like, two months to remember what happened. Right, right. Because, yeah. like, as you're talking that, I'm like, oh, yeah, Zillow Beast, and I remember what happened with tech and, and stuff, but there's so much that I don't remember that happened there. But, I, yeah, it was a ride. So that kind of leads us into 2024. And things are a little shaky as far as what exactly is going to come out and when. So I'm going roughly off of the list that uh, is on Wikipedia under their 2024 article. There's obviously probably going to be some of these things that actually do happen, some of these things that will get pushed. Like That's just the the nature of things, especially uh, after the strike. So what we've got is the continuation of Phase 3 of High Republic. We know for sure that's happening. We also know for sure that uh, The Living Force by John Jackson Miller is coming out. So another yeah. one-shot book uh, set in the prequels. We are... Can you, you ready for this one? Yeah. We're getting the 10th anniversary of the debut of Star Wars Rebels. Christ. Christ. Do
1: you feel old yet? Oh, God. That that gif of Matt Damon where he, like, becomes old.
0: (laughs) You know? Like, dude, it is crazy to me because Rebels came out when I started teaching. And I'm like, yeah, I started teaching 10 years ago. And and I've been at so many different schools, it doesn't feel that long. But when you go, Rebels came out 10 years ago. Oh, crap. Like, I was 23 or 24. Like, holy cow. Whole different world. So I thought that was noteworthy. We are supposed to get the Star Wars Outlaw game, uh, which is the open world game, and then the shows that we don't have dates for that are are supposed to come out uh, in 2024 and or season two. uh, Skeleton Crew, which I recently heard that that is scheduled for Christmas time of 2024. (laughs) Yeah, assuming Uh, it's a real show. Assuming it's a real show. And also assuming that, uh, you know, it doesn't get pushed further back. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, we have The Acolyte, Bad Batch Season 3, and Tales of the Jedi Season 2. So uh, let's start with, like, what are you most looking forward to as we go into 2024, either on the list or if there's something else that I, I did not include on there that stands out to you? Let's see. All right.
1: The things that I'm most looking forward to, I mean, I think continuation of High Republic, even though we are going to see a slowdown relative to the last couple years, things are going to be more spread out. I think I'm still really, really stoked to see where the story's going. Even, you know, the week that we're recording this, we got a little bit of some official teasing with like some of the stuff they're going to be doing with the nameless. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what are they going to do? And so, yeah, I'm like really eager to see what wh- directions they're going there. I mean, in terms of on-screen stuff, again, like you said, like it's it's really hard to say what is and, and ends up going to be fall falling in the 2024 calendar because again, like people have listed off all these shows, I'm like there's no way all of them are coming out in 2024. Yeah, it would just be way too saturated. But I, I think I am quite excited for the Acolyte just because of that, like going in new directions, getting something that could be very different and could maybe potentially, depending on how it's received, set the stage for, again, like pushing into a lot of new directions. I think I'm excited about that. And, yeah, I think also Bad Batch Season 3. I'm really excited to see, you know, how they wrap up that story and where they leave the characters. Because I think, you know, we we left on a very ominous note at the end of Season 2, and it's like, where are we going to find the characters come season three? Is there going to be a time jump? Uh, where do they ultimately, you know, where, like, where do the story, where does the story end? Where do they leave everybody? Who makes it out? Um, so those are among the ones that I'm most excited for.
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, more High Republic. Are you, are you planning on, like, in the interim, trying to revisit any of the old High Republic stories? I possibly I have I definitely have some comics that I've not yet
1: gotten to, so Mm -hmm. I'll have to go back and read some of those. I would love to because there is like Light of the Jedi, for example, is something that I've been wanting to revisit for a long time because when I first read it well i've only read it one time like beginning to end it was at a time where like a lot of other stuff was also going on in my life so i wasn't really super focused on it Mm -hmm. so i'd love to go back with it one being able to really focus on what happens in the story and then two with the kind of added context of phase two and the little bits that we have now of three so yeah i would love to revisit some that i really wonder there's parts of rising storm i want to revisit because i i want to see it again with the with those eyes of the new context so i would love to if there's time and i mean there is going to be time i mean we don't even know what the book schedule in general in 24 looks like you know is it Are they going to be slowing down in general? Possibly. As you said, The Living Force is the only non-High Republic book that has been announced so far for 24. Yeah. So there may potentially be some gaps where we could do that kind of revisiting. It wouldn't be the worst
0: thing. I, Dude, I'm looking at all my books right now, and I'm like, I've got like 80 Legends books sitting out (laughs) that I don't think are ever going to get read. I've got so many books that I want to go revisit. Like... I did you know, the reread of the, the High Republic adult novels, but like, that's not any Vernestra Rowe stuff. I need some more Vernestra. like. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to experience the High Republic in 2024 because all of the other High Republic stories have been told so closely together, right? With phase one, mm-hmm. we got three books, and then three books, and then three books with the, the format that they had. And they were a couple months apart from each other. Then of course, phase two happened in about thirty-seven seconds. Yes, and it's it just just so quick. And now we're talking about going over across what technically three years to tell, yeah, you know, three adult novels. So it'll be interesting how uh, that affects the the reception of it, and does it lose any momentum there? Like, I'll be interested to see if the waiting from Eye of Darkness, which I think people are, are generally excited about from the reactions that I've seen and, and from the general reactions of our crew, is, is that build-up still going to be there when the next book comes out? You know, is going to be a, a big question. I personally think it will be, but that's something I'm interested in seeing. I think for me, I think I'm most excited about... Oh, I'm kind of between Acolyte and Bad Batch Season 3. Like, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm most excited for them in different ways. I'm most excited for Bad Batch to, to go back and revisit those characters and to see where the story ends. I always uh, enjoy when you know, like, this is the last season and you're kind of seeing where things are going. Um, but also, like you said, about Acolyte, like, it, it could be... I think it's safe to say it will be a game changer one way or another, like, in terms yeah. of are they willing to take risks. But I think I'm also really curious about how that is going to play into, um uh, the high Republic overall. Like we know what happens at the end of the high Republic era, other than any like visual connections. Like, is there anything that's going to connect to the hyper Republic stories that are being told now? Like, are we going to see leftovers of the Nile? Like, are we going to get clues about what's going to happen, uh, in the conclusion in 2025? So, a lot of curiosity there. Um, I kind of skipped over it, but do you have like a, a, a status update for uh, 2024? Ooh, uh, that, that's tough. Because I have mine if you, wanna, you, you yeah, want me to yeah, go. Yeah, go go with yours. Okay, yes. so mine is the year of unknown expectations. Because... <laughs> and we kind of were touching on this. There are so many things that are supposed to come out, but we don't know what actually will. And we don't know when most of this stuff will, like we have some dates, but the strikes have drastically affected this. And so I think that it's really hard to set any kind of expectations. And I think you've kind of heard that in our voices as we're kind of going, what are we excited for, for 2024? It's kind of like, well, is it even coming out in 2024? (laughs) Like, that's a big time question. So we talk a lot about expectations uh on here and how dangerous they can be. I don't mean like the expectations of is this thing going to be good or not? But just like it's unexpected what our Star Wars life is going to look at. Is it going to be, oh yeah, we're going back to, you know, how we or we're maintaining what we've been doing and we're going to continue to pump out tons of content. You guys just haven't been told what they were yet, or are we going to get this year that on the other hand, we've also talked about kind of wanting a little bit of a break where we get time to breathe, where we get time to go revisit stories, where we get time to rewatch shows and things of that nature. Um, I've personally been thinking a lot about that with like, I'm a big college football fan. So that takes up a lot of my viewing time during the fall season. And so it's like, Alright, well what happens after college football? More time to rewatch Star Wars. <laughs> and so I'm like, if there's right. not m- more Star Wars coming out, then it's even more time to re-watch Star Wars. So yeah, it it's I think this is the first time ooh, s- since probably Rebels. Um s- save for, you know, when we were actually in the pandemic and things were you know, just unexpected in an unexpected way, we we kind of have always known, all right, this is what we have coming up. This is what we can expect. Here's kind of like, we got a feel for the year. I don't think we get a feel for what the hell 2024 is going to be. No, I, I 100% agree.
1: I mean, I think the forecast for 24 has improved, especially post the end of the strike. I think while mm-hmm. the strikes are going on, I think it was easy to look at 24 and think it between... The High Republic slowdown and again, you know, when the strikes are happening, that like you could look ahead of 24 and be like, okay, this might be a, a kind of barren year in terms of new stuff. And now that we have passed that and shows are able to get into production, I think the the prospects are a little bit sunnier in terms of like what shows we could get. But yeah, I think like you said, like th- that phrase about like unexpected expectations like i i i really don't know i think there's a lot of questions in terms of like it could be it could be one of those years where like things are a little bit quieter like i'm thinking i'm thinking about how you know you go across the street in disney and and look at marvel right now there is only one mcu movie slated for 2024 even like i i yeah, no, just one movie, just the third Deadpool movie, and mm-hmm. then we've got one show that we know are c- this is coming out. It's like so. It's like maybe is that going to be kind of an off year for Marvel in that way? Like I, I, Star Wars has a lot more. Like there's more concrete things in the pipe. Where you think like maybe it's not going to be quite that way. But again, who knows? Like maybe they do stretch things out and decide to space out their calendar, or it's like we get three shows.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I mean, like. Andor, Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Bad Batch, Tales of, like, Tales of the Jet. That's five possible shows coming out this year. Like you said earlier, like I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that would be really foolhardy to try to release. Basically, you would be re- releasing consecutive shows all year if you think they're roughly eight weeks. You know, Bad Batch... Uh, could vary there, um, you know, and or season two it was supposed to be 12 episodes. So there's some variation there, but you would basically be releasing consecutive, you know, shows slash shows overlapping each other. So I actually did the math on this a couple mm-hmm. days ago. So if you take. Of course you did.
1: Yes. Because <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to actually figure this out. So if you take Acolyte Skeleton Crew. Bad Batch Season 3, and you take Andor. I think, yeah, those are all the those are all the shows. There's also Tales, but Tales are all dump at once. If you take all of those, and you add up the episode counts, and you assume, like, you make some assumptions. One is that there's no overlap, so all the shows kind of air on their own. And two, you assume that it's, you know, one episode a week. They, they've been doing this, like, doubling up on the you know, on the premieres, but like, let's just assume like one episode a week. You would get 44 weeks. Golly. Yes. So there's no way we're getting all this unless you get some really banana schedule and there's two shows at once and like you get two episode premieres and finales or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I think some
0: things are going to get shunted to 2025. First of all, the fact that you, you know, went through all of that really makes me understand why your wife fell in love with you. Um, so, (laughs) Oh man, sometimes I crack myself up on that list of things. Uh, which one do you think is most likely like a guarantee to come out? And what do you think is the thing most likely to get pushed? So if I'm thinking about,
1: like, I'm thinking about this in the perspective of, like, where things, as far as we know, are in the production pipeline. I think, I think Bad Batch is probably a shoo-in in in part because animated shows weren't affected by the strike. So I guess we can assume they probably just kept going with it. So I think Bad Batch is is a pretty good shoo-in. I think... Andor season two is a good candidate for getting shunted because it got really close to wrapping up shooting before the strike ended, but it still didn't finish shooting before the strike ended. So I think they maybe they resumed production. I don't know exactly, but I think I, I think that would probably be my pick for it will most likely end up getting pushed to twenty five because all the other ones I think Acolyte is done shooting skeleton crew again if it's a real show is allegedly done shooting um again tails because we assume that it wasn't affected by the strike is probably also done so yeah i'm thinking like uh, based on that sort of production i would say bad batch probably is, is a really good bet for 23 oh sorry for 24 and then of those which one do if, if i'm thinking of at least one that's getting shunted i think Andor's is getting shunted
0: yeah um my easy answer is the exact same thing. Uh because, you know, I I think I think Bad Batch is um, you know, a, a good story and I don't think anybody is like not doing their absolute best on it, but I do just get the vibe that it's like, okay, we're we're ready to wrap this one up, you know, um and and this era of animation is is coming to its conclusion. So, I don't think that they will push that. I don't think like this is not to say they're not going to do their best animation, but I don't think that this is going to be a season where we go like, "Oh my god, they, like they took so much time to make sure the animation was so much better." Like I think they're at a good spot now where they're like, "Okay, we can, you know, keep this animation as it is to push out the rest of this series." So, I think we're we're safe there and I think um Andor gets pushed to to 2025 for a couple reasons. One, it's the least watched Star Wars show uh, thus far, and it cost a, a buttload of money. Um, I don't know where it ranks in comparison to other shows. I know that's come out, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But regardless, like you're, you're talking two hundred fifty million dollars, it's a lot of money, and so I think that they would like to have the opportunity to do some more build up there, both for you know the the hardcore Star Wars fans, but also to try to get the casuals to. Go, oh yeah, like I, I never watched that Andor show. I should check it out or I need to rewatch that and get ready for it. And so I think that could be a big part of uh, the next celebration, uh, could be kind yeah. of that push for Andor. But in the spirit of not just continuing on with the same things that, that you did, I will say um, I think the most likely thing other than Bad Batch to come out would be Acolyte. Uh, yeah because i think you know it it's time to do something new uh, with star wars live action that's not connected to this mandoverse and i just don't know about skeleton crew man like i i don't know i don't know man i don't know like like i, I a while back it was coming out in the summer and then the rumors were the fall and now it's Christmas. And I'm like, that's a week away from 2020, (laughs) like 2025. So it it just feels like, like, I don't know if the, like, again, like we don't have any insider information here. I'm going off of just, you know, speculation that I've read. Um, This could be all conjecture. It could just be people wildly guessing about when this is going to come out, but there's always a bit of truth in legends, right? And so there's a reason that these things at least are being told, we're being told that they're getting pushed back. There's got to be something going on there and I don't know what it would be, but I feel like we are talking about the show, but every time we are talking about the show, it's like, it's a thing that's going to happen supposedly and it's if we woke up tomorrow and the breaking news from vanity fair or hollywood reporter or something was skeleton crew you know canceled for tax purposes or something (laughs) they do a warner brothers yeah like just write it off yeah i'd be like okay like pretty like I would not be surprised by it at all. Like I, it, I wouldn't blink an eye and, and I'm not saying that I'm not looking forward to the show. I think the concept of a Goonies style, uh, star Wars show is, is cool. I think Jude law could do some fun stuff with, uh, his, I, th- I believe he's supposed to be like a, 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 another surviving Jedi character, um, which, you know, is so unique and special, but I think he's an actor who can make it unique and special. So, I want to see the show, but I just, my confidence meter on this thing is not very high. That, like, I, I just don't get the feeling that Lucasfilm has a lot of confidence on it. Like, it it gets tossed in with other things, but when was the last time you heard anybody talk about Skeleton Crew on its own? It's like, oh yeah, and Skeleton's Crew happen, is happening in this ah- Ahsoka article, or like, here's the future of the Mandoverse, and like, Asterisk. And the Skeleton Crew is a part of it. I, I just don't... I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like it would just... It- it would help so much more to be able to like know what it's about. Cause you'll see, like, for example, you know, I mean, admittedly, very kind of like engagement baity, but people will be on Twitter will be like, Are you excited for Skeleton Crews? Like, well, sure, I guess at an abstract level, but also like, I don't know what I'm excited for. <laughs> like, yeah, if exactly. I had a premise, like, I would, you know, it would sway me one way or another. Like, it could be a premise where I'm like, Oh man, I really want to see that. Or be, or it could be a premise where I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. Like, I'll watch, but you know, whatever. So, like, I need, like, you got to give me, something i can sink my teeth into
0: yeah because the you know the the running line is like goonies in space kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's like okay yes but like stranger things is goonies but with sci-fi like that's a very easy term to throw around for a show that has a a core cast of you know that's that's young adults and kids like it's kind of a shorthand of, of saying that to make people think it's a little more uh you know, in the pop culture zeitgeist than it actually is. And I could be totally wrong on that. But I, I, again, like we just don't know, like we've got one screenshot of Jude law and a bunch of rumors. Like, and I know we have even less for things like bad batch season three and tales of the Jedi and stuff like that. But we're talking about shows that have had prior seasons we're we're talking about something brand new here that's, yes, it's part of this Mandoverse, you know, thing that we're getting, but I mean, how much is it? Like, I, I don't know what's going to be attached to what we have been getting. I don't, I don't know how, you know, elements of Ahsoka would play into that. I don't know how, are we going to, you know, have a Book of Boba Fett situation where it's like, And here's three episodes about The Mandalorian because, you know, we need to get you ready for season four. It's just, there's so many directions that it could go. And it's harder to think of the good directions right now, which is, I think, the thing that worries me the most. And maybe that has less to do with Skeleton Crew and more to do with the way the company has been run. But... Either way, I don't think it's a good good sign. <laughs> it worries yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So I guess we will have to wait and see. Uh, we've got a whole year ahead of us. Uh, at the time of recording, we've got 30 days left in 2023. So we'll we'll have answers hopefully soon. Uh, I don't know. Do you know when the next like? major con is that they could start announcing some release dates if they were to do that
1: because most oh, of them are I summertime
0: know. right we don't really have any major winter time ty- yeah I'm no sure. it's usually
1: summer and then early fall What like new yeah. york comic-con is what in november or something yeah. like that so i think this so, is
0: a no yeah i, I think you. yeah I, I think i think we're getting into the off season here yeah, so I think this is gonna be one of those situations where it's like you just open Twitter one day and you're like, oh, Star Wars tweeted that the skeleton crew is coming out on December 31st, 2024. Okay, uh, I guess that's a thing that's actually happening. Or, you know, yeah, oh, so Bad Batch actually." Which is very on brand for them. Like, they don't use their own
1: con or, like, any of the other comic cons or whatever. It's just, like, it's some Thursday at 2 o'clock and there's a tweet yeah. that's like, oh, here's the trailer. Like, you, 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 you had everybody in London. Like, what
0: are you doing? Yeah. The the media department of Star Wars, can we have a conversation, please? <laughs> like, the, or the, the public, or not public relations, the, the press releases and stuff are just, They're not great. They're really not great. Like, I look at what, like, the two things that I'm into the most are Florida State football and Star Wars, right? And it's like, I'm comparing the, how stuff rolls out in the the college football season versus how stuff rolls out when you're talking about Star Wars shows coming out and people getting hyped about releases. And it's like, it's just not the same. Like the, the media department on a, on a sports program like knows exactly what the narrative they're trying to tell is across the season as the season develops and they're able to adjust and they continue that narrative and the fans respond to and talk about that narrative, right? Whether that's college football overall or uh, just a, a certain program. You go over to Star Wars, which is actually a narrative And they're actually telling interconnected stories. And it just feels like they're like, "Mm, well, we didn't have any like anything witty today. So I guess we'll just tell people that Bad Batch is coming out. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you not making this a bigger thing? Like, yeah, why are you putting Star Wars? Star Wars should never be on the back burner. And sometimes it feels like Star Wars is putting Star Wars on the back burner. I just I don't understand it sometimes right no i feel you on that so all right well like i said we will have to to look forward to those those tweets of destiny and see what all we get and and it should be a fun thing if uh if we remember to to do this at the end of 2024 to kind of look back and and maybe we can revisit this episode and go hey we were very wrong we had 44 weeks of shows and we'll right. uh we'll continue to talk about all of those things here on the clashing Sabers network. We will, uh, you know, be back next, uh, next episode talking about our favorite things of 2023. And then we'll be right into 2024. We're going to have a release of I of darkness coming out soon. Um, Lindsay and I are reading crimson and climb. So that's going to come out soon. Uh, there's going to be new Sith talk. I'm going to be joining Zach on Sith talk. So all you got to do is subscribe to the feed and you get all of that stuff. Uh, And if you want even more uh, Clashing Sabers content or if you want to just be a a good person and spread the gospel of Star Wars to the youth of the nation, you can uh, go over to our Patreon and uh, you get some great episodes from Amanda. Uh, She's doing a lot of creative stuff over there that you don't get in the regular feed. Uh, And you can help put books into classrooms across the country. We are... uh, Uh, Once the new year gets going, going to start working on getting our next fundraiser going, which is going to be a lot of fun uh, looking more towards a May the 4th type situation there. So keep an eye on all of our socials for that. You can follow us everywhere at Clashing Sabers and, uh, of course, our Facebook group, which is Star Wars Clashing Sabers. So, uh, DeVore outside of of hearing you on this show uh where can people find you and interact with you on the interwebs all right you can find me on
1: x at a larger view pod you can follow me over there and you can also listen to me over on space swifties a star wars and taylor swift podcast that i host with my wife
0: the one and only mcdowell yeah um catching up on episodes most recently listened to the, the rise of Skywalker soundtrack situation, bro. What a concept. What (laughs) a concept that was no, like legitimately that was a lot of fun to listen to. Like, yeah, uh, just getting to hear the approaches that you guys took to creating your soundtracks and everything. Um, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing what the future ones are. I'm going to be very intrigued. Um, by the the attack of the clones revenge of the sith oh, soundtracks because i mean <laughs> yeah there's some good she's stuff she's got there. some songs yes. she's got some she's got some uh, some padme anakin songs going on Oh uh, yeah, there for sure so uh, make sure you are are over there and uh, yeah we, we we talked a lot about you know stuff that's going to come out this year but we we got to mention We've got the Bad Batch, you know, they've become a stalwart in our hearts, but the, the one thing we know we can trust is always going to be for, there for us in Star Wars is Batch 8. Hi-ho. And we are off to the new year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> I don't know. Drew's normally here to say some weird thing at the end, and he's yes. not here, so I get, I have to no. do it. We miss you, Drew. At least we do. half of us do. I'll let you figure out what half. All Clashing Sabers Productions are the intellectual property of the Clashing Sabers Network and ClashingSabers.net. All licensed sounds and images are the property of their respective copyright holders and are used for informational and educational purposes only. For more information on our nonprofit or to nominate a teacher, go to ClashingSabers.net. For questions or inquiries, please email us at ClashingSabersNetwork@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: You're just going to walk away?